All right, everyone. Uh, once again, I'm glad to be back here at the No Gear Require. And our idea is to talk to people that to me are very interesting. They have so much to to tell and uh, it's a great like uh, their own life experience. And a lot of them evidently involved with martial arts. Here with me, I have my, my friend, my brother, my colleague, my black belt, and my left arm, my right arm. Mr. Jay-Z Balos, how are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. The view's different here. I'm used to sitting over in the other seat. Now I'm in the hot seat, so. I know, see, we, we were supposed to have a guest today, but he didn't know he was he would be the one. That's, that's payback. <laughs> there we go. He did that to me, guys, <laughs> yeah, just to payback. let you know. Um, I mean, I know Jay for probably more than 20 years, you know, and uh, we, we be, we're more than just friends, you know. We know so much about each other and uh, being together on and off the mat. And I have a uh, great pleasure to call him as a friend and a family family member to me, definitely. Also, his brother, Mike, which is our an extension of our arms there. How are you, Mike? Thumbs yes, up. Thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yes. <laughs> I mean, without those two guys, definitely uh, would not be able to do a lot of the things that I do. They really help me and push me and i guess we push each other professor jay i know we have some time ago uh, live on instagram and it was very interesting to me and uh i think i left some of the questions out because of time but i want to ask you and um how was your life before and after martial arts in general and following that question before and after jujitsu? Okay, that's an easy one to answer because there is no life before martial arts that I can really remember. Um, you know, I was five years old, I think, when I saw Bruce Lee for the first time. And that's a. Uh, every, every guest we have on the show, you know, a lot of them talk about how their inspiration for the path that they take started at a very young age. And that did it for me. So that's martial arts has always been a part of who I am, even though there were pockets of my life where I wasn't training maybe at a school, but I still trained. And and you know, I think the what what represents represents to me is it's like um and I mentioned that in classes, each student that I have to me, I end up seeing them as a, like a book. And as the time goes by a lot of chapters, we will write together a lot of chapters, but I have a chance to see an amazing transformation with people. Um, when I met you, even though you already, I'm correct if I'm wrong, you're already black belt in uh, another style. Yes, yeah, two. Two, two other styles. That mean, Jay's been he born and he was already involved with martial arts. And when I met you also, and I understand that you were working in the, computer world uh, i guess how does it web design and yeah. a lot of other things yeah that that was you know the early 90s um because my mike and i um you know our father started a, a printing business when we were very little and um that was we were kind of being groomed to take that over but then the technology revolution hit and we fortunately kind of had the vision to see the writing on the wall because we saw how technology was affecting printing. So we're like, you know, we need to jump on this, educate ourselves and let's start our own business. Cause it does not, it would not 
conflict with our father's business. It just added to it and it gave us some security. And in knowing that, and uh, I was able to see that once you start training jiu-jitsu at our school, you never miss a class. You're always there. And if I'm not wrong, it was like three days a week. You don't miss that. Whatever you have to do, you do it. But I noticed along these years, um, a lot of transformation to me in an in a incredible way because did you know that you would become champion in so many different, in many years in jiu-jitsu? Because I was reading here, I don't know, and I, I, people would think I was joking, but I remember now other school, <laughs> like on the headquarters, have a lot of trophies, the medals for a lot of things that I did, and also the school, the trophies. But in the other school that we opened together in Malibu, um, I did not have more medals to put over there. And you brought the medals from your house, and you have, I don't know, it's a lot of medals over there. And the funny thing is every student that walks in, they thought the medals were mine and yours. I said, no, 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 this is all his. <laughs> and with so many, we'd say, tournaments that you, I wouldn't say you participate. No, you end up always in the top three in every single tournament you ever did. Did you ever thought about, okay, I'm going to start training jiu-jitsu. Down the road, I'm going to be such a, an incredible champion on the mat. No, you know, it, it was... Uh in the other world that I did, I competed a lot, the point fighting. When we had uh, Freddie Prince Jr., we talked briefly about that. But um, when I started jujitsu, like you had mentioned, we had my brother and I had just started our business. And I competed a little bit here. You had the holiday tournament, and but that was white belt, blue belt. And then I just didn't compete for many years. And then uh, never even like visioning the black belt, just training. But the night you gave me my black belt, I remember specifically because I live an hour from here. So my drives can be occupied by music or podcasts or sometimes silence if I need to reflect on something or think about something. And that was a big moment of reflection. And I'm like, what do I do now? I knew I was going to continue to train, but I think we always need to have some kind of inspiration or motivation, something that something that forces you to put in one more round when you're tired, something that pushes you and, and competition just made sense. I'm like, I, I have to start competing. Did you feel any of that impact regardless of the outcome? I think to me is the person that is step on the mat to compete. For me, he's already a winner because uh, it's a lot of people watching, talking, but not as many actually stepping on the field and get the taste. If you can, which one, I'm sure each one has their moment, but which of the fights, the tournaments that you have that marks you the most? Oh, I, I, I share this story with a lot of people. Um, because I started, I got my black belt, just shy, just, I had just turned 40. So, you know, from a, a athletic prime standpoint, you're kind of on the, 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 you're kind of passing that, but the sport gives us the opportunity to compete 50, 60 years old, so 40 is still young. But You're not even in your prime yet. Come on, man. But I remember getting my feet wet at the black belt level. It was kind of a challenge and just getting, getting used to the rhythm and the aggression, everything, and then feeling myself slowly starting to get acclimated to it. Eventually, I started getting to the podium, 
but I couldn't quite get over that hump. And I'll never forget this. Um, you remember back in the day, we had all the tournaments here. They were always in like high school gyms and there was no online registration or athlete list, nothing. You show up, they kind of eyeball, how much do you weigh? How much do you weigh? How old are you? Okay, you guys go. And I was there, there was like six or seven of us from the academy. And you went over to the to the head table, you walk in and you put me against the promoter of the tournament. You came up, I'll never forget this. You put your arm around me and you're like, he doesn't know your game and I know you're going to win. And I was like, oh my God, because I would, I would watch this one competitor just murder people. He's so good. And I'm thinking, all right, this is a test. So I went out there and, and I fell short, but I didn't get murdered. Like it was competitive. And I remember going home thinking that's what I needed. I felt like that was the mental breakthrough I need to make so that it went from me going, hoping to do good to me going and say, no, this is my gold medal. This is like, I'm going to win. I belong out there and there's no second guessing. And it was after that, the very next tournament was the pans. That was when I won my first, my first black belt championship, which was the pans. And you were there as one of only two times that I actually kind of got emotional and I ran off the mat. I'd get disqualified now, of course, but I was so just wound up because it was a, that was an amazing experience. I'll never forget that. And, and I think also for me, it's a privilege to watching you guys. Basically everyone learn how to walk and be on your own there. And it's amazing. And I was way more nervous outside watching you guys, but at the same time, very confident of uh, what you guys would be able to achieve. And uh, yeah, was I have to be honest, was one of the few times that knowing you all this time that you let it go, the emotion. Because you always very conservative in a way yeah. of not it's showing much, which in martial arts, what we do, we learn and have to be that way most of the time, the, especially when you start teaching. Because I always want to make sure the student look at you and see you always in a good control. mood. Yeah. Control. What what would say for you was that transition of from being a student, a fighter, to become such an uh, incredible instructor in jiu-jitsu? You know, it's... Um, and if I'm not mistaken... When I got my black belt, I wasn't teaching right away. I think you kind of had me do a little bit here and there. And then I remember early on, you offered me some opportunity. Hey, I need you to go to this school for a month and teach, or I need you to do this or fill in for me. And at first I was a little um, intimidated. And it, it always goes without saying, because I, I, I always look back on my upbringing on these mats and who came up on these mats. And those are big shoes to fill. So there's always that little bit like, do I have what it takes to really connect with students? And, and I remember for a while, I tried to be like Jean-Jacques Light. Like I have to just teach the way he teaches, exactly the way he teaches, say what he says, and it didn't work for me. I was uncomfortable. And then one night I just came in and I'm like, I need to be Jay. I just need to be who I am. And that's when it just changed. I became so comfortable and from that moment on, I started to grow. It's, it's kind of, um, and I have to be the same way when um, I ended up in back in Brazil having my own school. And I was by myself, I think maybe for the first three months, 
I didn't even know what to teach. I was like, okay, everyone get together, let's go, training, just set the <laughs> clock and go. Until kind of sinks in and I feel like, man, I have to be myself. Mm -hmm. And when you're yourself, that mean you are who you are. What would say like, um, as an instructor now, when you have this student coming into the school and how do you feel like uh, it, you, you are able sometimes to detect in a student what he actually needs for or more encouragement or holding him back is too aggressive? How do you kind of uh, see that in their student personality as you start teaching? Because it's, it's, it's important that what a lot of people do not understand is I can train jiu-jitsu for, especially today, people in four or five years, they become black belts and they're amazing athletes in sports. But I think one thing that we have to be careful is it takes more years for you to learn and understand how to teach somebody else because it's not only the mechanic. Yeah, it has a lot of psychological it's like I'm reading a book of 20 chapters. I read the first two, then I'm thinking, oh, I know the whole story. I'm an expert now. Not really. How do you feel that little by little on your, I would say, improvement? Because it's every class I know that I, I finish that class and, oh, I think I can do better than that next time. How do you feel the transition for you slowly from the beginning of your teaching and how you're teaching now, the way you see your students, the way you guide your students? I think it, it starts with, you know, developing, of course, you have to have your, your technical repertoire, your ability to just go out and deliver information in a way that everybody can comprehend. But I think the added component that a lot of people struggle with is being able to just actually connect with the student. And this isn't a requirement by any means, but where it helped me was you know, I went through a period of my life and you're, you're aware of this, where I went through some hardship, nothing compared to a lot of people. It wasn't that bad, but for me, it was bad. So I would come into the academy as my place of comfort. There were nights I'd come in here just completely stressed out, wondering how I was going to get through some of the things I was dealing with, but the comfort I got, and you kind of had a radar for it. You just knew right away, something's off. You didn't ask, but the little extra attention goes a long way. So because of that, I have that built-in radar. I can sense, you know, our, our, our ritual here at the academy, we greet every student. I don't just pat them on the back. I shake their hand. I look them in the eyes and how are you? And if I don't like the answer I get, I move on. But at some point during the night, I'm going to go back to that person in some capacity. And it's never being too intrusive. They just have to know that I know that they're there and that they matter. And jiu-jitsu is just kind of the vehicle that we use. And, and the note, too, is for you and your own experience, because I know a lot of people out there, they, they maybe want to become a jiu-jitsu instructor one day. They are in a different line of work, but they train hard. For you, that's still being an incredible person with the technology, which you are one of the make all this possible right here, you and your brother, how is that compare from the time that you used to working many hours on the development and software and all this? And now, I never say jiu-jitsu is a work. I think because we like so much, we have a pleasure of doing that. But how was that transition for you from being one place that 
I'm sure you don't have much contact with people because you have to really to focus in one thing. Suddenly now you're in a place that you're surrounded by people. Yeah, it's night and day. You recently gave me my, my fourth degree. And if you remember, I mentioned it um, before jujitsu. I could count the number of really close relationships outside of family. One hand, probably. But since I started this, I mean, I need a book. I have so many deep, rewarding, rich friendships that I've made. People that I'm, that I'm very close to, that I'm proud to call friends. And that's, it's something that's so healthy. And I remember even back before, that bothered me. I didn't like the solitude of the work I was doing, not being able to interact with people. And it, whenever I had to go out and meet with somebody, I always made sure, let, let's go to a coffee shop or a restaurant. I want to be around people. That was something that I could feel very, as I was progressing in my career and my life, I'm like, I'm not meant to sit in a cubicle or at a desk. I need to be with people. And the energy just brought me here. And that man, uh, 20 years later, we're still here and getting stronger and stronger. And, and Jay, uh, is that... If you can share with us some stories that happened with you that stick with you until today. And one thing that I really like a lot on you too is uh, you like books. I know you read and uh, you put a lot of amazing quotes out there for people. Is there any, when you put those quotes over there, is there any particular time in your life or in a situation that you're thinking about those? or stick with you until today if it's at any of those quotes that you write so well that you carry with you almost in your whole life things that you forget for many years ago you still carrying oh, that yeah. with you there's there's a lot there are a few that i i kind of live by um probably my favorite is um, um there's not one path and there's not even the right path there's only your path and that helps me better understand people because we live in a world today where everybody gets judged by what they do. Whether you know the intimate details of why they did what they did or whether you're just reading a, an update, it's easy to judge. But that helps me step back and again, exercise more control and realize that I don't walk in their shoes. So I don't know why they're saying what they're saying, where they're coming from with this. And it brings me peace because I don't get drawn in and it gives me more empathy for them because maybe that maybe they just need help or maybe they're crying for help. And you carried that with you even before, would say you engage in jujitsu, something that you have, or no, I think to no. the jujitsu world, yes. you start getting more and more and understand a lot of the quotes. It's a combination of, of jujitsu, the time I've been in it, and, and honestly just getting older. I, you, you, it's, it's one of the, you know, it's funny. We, we all struggle with, you know, you, your, your body starts to change. You're getting older. But there, there's, if, again, this morning, I'll give you an example. So, as you know, I trained my chiropractor, Dr. Shaver, and he, sh he showed up at the house. And my garage is like another room. It's spotless, but it's still a garage. I have clean mats, clean environment. I turn a heater on, but he came in and it was cold but it was a beautiful day outside. The sun was out and he comes in. He's like, how you doing? I'm like, I'm, and before I could spit out cold, I go, you know what? I'm doing amazing. I was going to say I'm cold, but we're not in Texas. So this is like Texas summer right now. It's easy <laughs> for me to get down 
focus on the positive. That just comes with age. I don't complain as much about the little things in our life. I tend to focus more on being grateful for what I have or understand that things could be a lot worse. I just let so much roll off my back now. And a lot of that is from jujitsu. And when, when you now, and you, you, you've done that a lot already, when you have some tournaments there, then now you have a lot of people, a lot of your students too. I know they train in academy, but you're the one that teaching a lot of them most of the time. What would you say when you take them to the tournament? What would be some of the points that you wanted them to know and feel that you got their back? Um, that's a great question. Um, it's something that I, I kind of take from you. You've never really said this, but... I've experienced it myself all the years you've been cornering me and coaching me. And uh, I'll tell all our athletes, especially if they're competing for the first time, I say, look, you know, you prepared for this. We've put in the work. You know what you're capable of doing. I know what you're capable of doing. So unless I see you get in danger, I'm not going to say much. If I see that you're slowing down, I might bark at you a little bit but I want you to take ownership of this. This is your experience. I'm not going to scream and yell all the instructions. You're not a robot. You know, you're somebody that I believe in. I believe in you so much. I'm going to step back and just watch. And most of the time they really appreciate that. Every once in a while, some, one of them's like, no, no, no. Can you tell me everything? But I'm like, <laughs> I prefer to just let you own it, own up to it. That way you're, I'm not, you know, when you win, that medal's yours. It's not half mine. It's yours. You did it all, you know? So that's kind of where I go with that. And another day, and, uh, and I remember that when uh, we had our school in Malibu, and unfortunately through the fire that happened, and we ended up having to move, leave that location because of the danger. I remember a story that you said that many years ago, you used to drive by and look at the ocean, Then one day you actually... Had yeah. a school over there. Yeah, yeah. No, it was when we had our, we still had the print shop, and Mike and I had our business, uh, which we still have, but the print shop was our primary, you know, and uh, we had to do uh, some work for a production company, like Venture Capital. We were doing all this uh, marketing materials. Very difficult client, and um, I had to go there to collect money and to drop off some materials. And I was so, like, uh, delusioned. I was so broken over the whole experience that when I left their office, I was, it was right on PCH, and the parking lot faced the beach. The beach was right there. So I put all my stuff in the car, and then I'm just like, I'm going to go sit, on the, sit on, the, on the wall and just relax for a few minutes because I was upset. And I looked up at the sky because the sun was setting, and I, it was kind of like my own internal prayer. I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore. I won't, I think I was 34, 35. I'm like, I won't make it to 50. This is just, this is such an unfulfilling life. It's so full of stress and insecurity. I'm not in charge of what I want to do. And I remember verbalizing these things. I'm like, I want to be around people, good people. And I want to bring value to people's lives, service in some capacity. I feel like that's my calling. I didn't think about martial arts or jujitsu or anything. I just remember my core feeling was that. So I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And it's funny because you talk about quotes. 
another quote that I remember is, uh, it's a kind of a religious quote, but it's like, um, I, I wanted to, I asked God to help me grow and it started raining. Not too long after that, we closed the business. Everything shut down. Like that side was gone and I was left with, what am I going to do now? And that was part of the beginning of the struggles I went through. And fast forward all these years later, you, you got us the opportunity to open Malibu. And, and I remember I, we finished the first class and I locked the door and I'm like, I'm going to walk around it. I drove long enough. I'm going to go walk around and re get reacquainted with the city. So I'm walking down the street and I kind of look towards the ocean. I stop and I'm like, wait a minute. And I turn on, I look back and it was the same parking lot a couple of years later. And it was so funny because I walk in and of course the business was out of business, but I walked to the edge of the, of the parking lot again and I sat on the same wall and I'm like, man, everything I asked for, I got. It's that thing, be careful what you ask for, but I needed to grow. So the only way I could get to where I wanted to be, I had to have everything taken down. I had to kind of destroy what I was to become what I now am. You, you can say today by your own experience, and I tell a lot of people that, I hope they understand when we say jiu-jitsu lifestyle, it's just, we wanna be happy, we want to be healthy. We want to surround ourselves with our friends. Do you think today can say you are oh, 100, 100%, 100%. <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing that, uh, you know, I get up in the morning and I don't view the expression, I don't use the word uh, work ethic in my life. I don't think I have a work ethic. I think if you have passion, you don't really, the work at passion to me is, greater than a work ethic because work ethic requires discipline but passion you know there's some days i'll get up at 5 a.m for jujitsu i just yeah let's do it i get i get to do what i love i throw a couple of geese in the car honey i'll be home in a few hours and i love it you know and it, it's the it's the greatest thing that could have ever happened to me and uh you know the all the opportunities and the experiences that it's that it's given to me it's like going back to what you asked me before, I'm like, no, not in a million years would I ever think I would accomplish all the things I've been able to do. Because I remember one trip you had with your wife, I think it was to Australia, and we, we spoke about it. And, and you, 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 it's unbelievable because every single trip Jay ever did before seminars, he always called me from the airport. And I see you, it's something like, he always done that. And I, I knew he was going to call or send me a message. Because it was at almost midnight because I'm like, okay, he, he, won't, he doesn't need to respond, but I got to send it. But was one cool thing because I think you, uh, you had an opportunity, like many of the trips you did for seminars, that you took your wife and it's like, man, people are paying me to do this, yeah, to she, travel, my wife with me, and here we are. And because people don't... They don't. Uh, they don't realize that a lot of times. I know you. Your own. Your own story. Coming here. You're. You didn't do it alone. You have an amazing wife. She's got your people. back. You know. And my wife, through thick and thin, and it's very hard when you when you try to remember and you reflect back on all the times I would be gone all day, but I didn't really have a lot to show for it. It was just the investment and the hustle. But she believed in me. She could have very easily said, "No, that's it. You're." You got to go do something else. So when it finally turned around for me and uh, I got to go home and I said, uh, you want to go to Australia? And she's like, yeah, where are we going? I'm like, uh, Melbourne. She goes, oh, I love Melbourne. Yeah, 
Perth. Really? Sydney. Oh my God. Queensland. You know, it was like, I, 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 I owed that to her, you know, for all the support. And I continue to do that. And to me, it's just, and all the people down there, they're like family yeah. to us now. They're literally family. We, we, we're very fortunate to the people that we have that came on board in our, our organization, how amazing they are. You know, I don't think he, all of them in their own way, uh, are very special to us. And, uh, we're so fortunate and, and I'll be honest, privileged yes. to be part of all of these transformation that they start relying on us. Then pretty soon they have so many followers, the work that they're doing there. It's incredible. And every single school that we have associated with us, it's, it's, it's like a, it make us think like, you know what? It worth every, oh yeah, every yeah. trip, every sometimes night of not sleeping or the seminars, everything that we, it, it's incredible. And uh, one thing I want to mention to people, which sometimes we, it's easy for people to find excuse of not to do things and find a reason to do things. And I since I met Jay, I don't know why, and he lives over an hour away from yeah, the just school. about an hour away. Yeah, yeah. And he never ever complain or say no, I'm not going because of distance. And unfortunately, <laughs> we see some of the people that live so close. Oh, I couldn't make it. The traffic or this. You always find would say reason to go more than than never. You never say no, I can't make it today. You always there, and uh, that shows the commitment that you have. It it you know it it's it's. It's twofold early in my, my days of training. I realized the value that it brings to my life, how important it is for me. And then now it's, I realize the value it gives to others. So I have an obligation to be here. I need to be here. And it's, I could very easily just stay home and most people probably wouldn't it, mind. It's the more we share in our school, the more we're able to gain. Yes. The more information I pass, the more information I'm able to get. And this is uh, incredible. I'm so, I'm so lucky with the people that I have in our school and you and your brother being such an incredible. And how was that about to convince your brother to actually start training jiu-jitsu? How was that transition? It was funny because um, throughout our childhood, I would sometimes drag him to some of the schools that I was training at and it just didn't appeal to him. He'd I'd try a little bit and he's like, I don't like it. And I never pushed him. You know, it, it would have been fun to have him in. But when, when we were building, I remember we built a website. He was kind of interested, but when, when you approach us about doing the online program, <laughs> then I was really able to sit with him and explain to him what jujitsu is. But I explained it to him in his language, computer programming. I said, jujitsu is a program. They're all variables and it's dynamic. And just like code on a screen, that's the interpret, the physical interpretation on the mat. And I think that just really resonated with him. And it's funny because even now, like for as much as I do, as much as I work and teach, he's the favorite brother. He's the most technical brother. It's not me. Everybody comes up to me. They're like, oh my God, your brother, he doesn't move, but I can't do anything to him. And I'm like, well, yeah, he's just, he's got the programmer's mind. But Mike, I would like to hear your voice, Mike. Is that possible to get you on the mic over here and say something? 
that was the plan to get you here and sit in one of those chairs. But I guess we're going to have to wrestle to make sure you can sit over here at some point. But Jay, um, when was your first jujitsu seminar that you taught by yourself? Because I remember the beginning you came on board with me and we went to several places. But then I start pushing, okay, I want, I want to see you go by yourself. What, what was the feeling of, oh, uh, where's Jenja? He's not here. I'm going to be the <laughs> one doing this. Yeah, I remember that. Professor Ron Dupey up in Windsor, he reached out to me. And uh, on one hand, I was excited. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. I mean, the idea of like traveling and, and teaching. and But then it's kind of like when you get your black belt and you're like, wow, this. And then you start to realize, well, wait a minute, you know. What did I just get myself into? And um, I remember being on the airplane with a notepad and writing down the whole curriculum that I was going <laughs> to teach. But the amazing thing was I get there and I knew Ron, you know, it was, that was fun and connecting with everybody. I didn't mind being on the floor with a bunch of people because um, fortunately enough, one of the best investments I ever made when I was in college, I went to acting school for a while just to get out of my own skin, which really helped. But I remember going out on the mat and I had that notepad on the chair and I started with one technique, the first one. And then after that, I just crumpled it and threw it away. I didn't need it. It was like all of a sudden I was just on autopilot and it felt comfortable, you know? And then from then on it, I don't, I don't want to say it was easy. It's never easy. If you're connected with your audience, it's always work but I'm comfortable with it. You know, there's no, again, there's, there's an honesty to what we do. And as long as you're honest, the students will, they'll, they'll connect. And now someone asked you is, we had a chance to, to do another project together, which you wrote two books with a black belt magazine. What was going through your mind? Because I know as a child, you, as you mentioned, your family has a printing business and then it went to the computer, the technology, but I'm writing a jiu-jitsu book. Yeah, what is going on here? <laughs> I just remember because it was the online program and I was, no, I was Black Beltari, that's right. But it was just really interesting because I, I'm, if, there, if I am anything, I'm like inhumanly patient. I can wait, I can outweigh anybody. I don't mind. I can, if you tell me, Jay, it's going to take six months, I'll wait six months. But I remember getting my black belt and thinking we have the online program. And I was excited just to be the honor of just being able to represent the school and work on these projects with you. Then black belt wanted to do an article with you. So you had me tag along. I got to be in the magazine. And then I remember when we were there, they approached us about writing a book. And for a brief moment, I just kind of stood back. I thought, okay, he's going to probably have somebody write this for him. And then you turned and looked at me and I was like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> but then I'm like, you know what? I mean, this is, man, this is, this is what hard work brings opportunity. So let's do it. You know, and people say, oh, they're picture books or instructionals. No, nothing can be further from the truth. You try writing a jujitsu book breaking down 5,000 photos, describe all the techniques. I mean, it's a lot of brain power, a lot of work, but it was, it was an, another amazing chapter in our life and the work that, we're, that we've done. 
It's really cool. I remember your face, and I look at you like, uh, <laughs> you think about me writing this? Say, yeah, <laughs> you're here. You have, now you have no, you can't run from that, Jay. You gotta do it. <laughs> But I've I've always believed, um, and you 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 embody this. I always believe you have to jump on opportunity. There is no, well, I'll see you next month, or maybe we'll think about it. If somebody gives you an opportunity. Even if you don't have the time, you make the time, you know? Look, it's, um, it, it's, it's something, uh, opportunity knocks at our door every single day. Some people have that capability to see and do it. And a lot of people don't even realize, but everyone, I believe, do have opportunity in their lives. And it's a matter how much you want and how much you're going to attract those opportunities to you. Uh, is there any story as, um, you don't have to say the name, but on the mat, as teaching, that something that happened and was like, man, what's, <laughs> I mean, that situation here and it's even on the seminar or teaching the class. Oh, no, I just, I going back to my very first seminar, I'll never forget, um, I meet a, a friend, a couple of friends that I knew through social media. Actually, this is how long ago this was. I knew them through MySpace. <laughs> That's like what is MySpace? I know a long time ago. That's Tom. <laughs> Tom was the guy that sat and looked back, and he's probably laughing now. But uh, you know, I meet all these people. I go to to Ron's, and we're all like buddy buddy, just you know, having a good time. And uh, it's time for me to start training, so I start training with everybody. And this one guy, he's like just like talks to me like I'm his brother, like we've known each other forever. We slap hands and I pull guard. He was a big guy. He whipped his leg around and went right after the heel hook, like went for my foot, like he was going to rip my foot off. And I spun out of that so fast, got out and did what I had to do. But I just remember thinking, oh my God, this is, this is, this is what it's like to be a black belt and to travel and to be on the road. Like every gunslinger is going to come in here. And a lot of times they're disguised as your best friend. So that was one. I'll never forget that. <laughs> But there's so many. Let me ask you something too. Is, um, is, is there any book that you, that you read that you would recommend people that um, in the martial arts world would be good for them to read if you that had a, a very positive impact on you? I mean, honestly, I still read it today as the Tao of Jeet Kune Do by Bruce Lee, you know. Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of wonderful knowledge in there, like technical knowledge, but it's more the, the philosophical approach to martial arts and, and training. And I find so much of it translates to jujitsu, so much of it, so much of the way we teach, so much of the way I, I break down material is based on the concepts of fluidity and adaptability, not being too overly obsessed with one particular technique or style of jujitsu. It's just being open and honest. And that's, that, that would be my, that's still my Bible, martial arts Bible, is that one. You know, Jay, what, what would you say you tell people that they want to get involved with jujitsu? It's something that you've been doing for such a long time. And some people that right now, they're beginning their life in jiu-jitsu or some people are thinking about, what would you say to them? Like, hey, that might be a great journey for you. And 
you, you, um, you know, every day that you let pass by is one more day that you're going to have to catch up for. So I feel that if it's something that is inside you, you just have to go do it because there's nothing worse than regret. That's why when I first joined here, uh, and we've talked about this, I could only come once a week because of my work and a lot of responsibility. But for me, once a week was better than no time at all. I just come in here and I make sure I make the most out of that one time and then never miss a class because it's only one time a week. And I did that for, I think, two years maybe. Cause, and if I decided to wait two years before I actually had the means to come all the time, that would have been wasted time. So you just have to act. Very, very few people have the ability to just pull the trigger. Everything has got to be, uh, you know, it's like competing. Competing is the same thing. I, you know, students will come to us and they'll say, hey, I want to I compete. What do you think? And I'm like, go for it. You know, we don't force people, but I'm like, if you're apprehensive, I really recommend you do it. Because what happens more often than not, you're going to do it and go, why didn't I do this earlier? You know, so that's always the mentality that I, I take with people. Just do it. And, and Jay, is that on, on your journey in Jiu-Jitsu, which, um, again, I I'm, I'm have a chance to sit back and watch the whole development, the whole improvement, is that, how can I ask you that? What is, who was Jay Zabalos 30 years ago and who is Jay Zabalos today? Oh, see, you, you hit me with a curveball. Because <laughs> I hear this question all the time. Um, honestly, this is going to be a, an honest, honest answer. Um, 30 years ago, I was somebody who lived in fear. Like fear was a part of my day-to-day existence. Um, being in an industry where, you know, it was manufacturing. Um, and there was always an element of uncertainty. What is the next month going to bring? Uh, what is the future life for this company? What is the future life for the industry that I'm in? What if? Everything was what if. And then unfortunately, because I said it so much, I think that's what helped, you know, it created it. The J of today, um, Another quote, trust yourself, you survived a lot, and you'll survive whatever's coming. That's the way I look at life today. And I think specific for the time that we're going through right now with all this situation, it fits perfectly. Yeah, you know, this, this whole pandemic has been a, it's been really interesting because it's affected a lot of people in a, in a lot of horrible ways. I mean, we've lost friends and and uh, colleagues and things to this. So I don't want to minimize the severity of the, of COVID and the illness, but my personal approach um, when faced with adversity is that this is not my first dance with a situation like this. This isn't my first time. So it gave me the means to just kind of deal with it a little more objectively and not so not, not with fear. Just like, you know, like you said, today is a new day for something. An opportunity knocks every day and we'll see what happens. So it just, jujitsu's given me that. It's given me that, that peace, that peace of mind, that, that mental discipline to know that, hey, you know, whatever happens, we'll survive. 
We just got to keep moving forward. And I have to say too that um, knowing you for such a long time and see, it makes me, I don't know, extremely happy and proud in a way that I have someone that teaches at my school and represents the school in such a, a class matters like you and you're able to pass the transformation to all the students. This is to me is incredible because when we teach, we expect and we hope for all those things to sink in, but not everybody, and, and a lot of people take years to start to understand the language of jiu-jitsu. Because sometimes you teach the techniques, you teach a lot of things, and you can tell I'm speaking one language and the student face tells me that he's not understanding what I'm trying to teach jiu-jitsu-wise. And I th today I see that you have that language and you're able to translate that to all of your students. And I don't know, I could not be more happy and proud to see that incredible development because even though a lot of my students are same age as me or younger and older, because I saw them on their baby steps in jiu-jitsu, I feel that I'm, I'm looking differently because I've been done jiu-jitsu my whole life and I see their development. And I'm so happy to see that today you are unleash all that positivity and create so many incredible students that we have. So proud to call you as a friend. And I'm so proud to call you my teacher. And I don't know, and uh, hopefully soon we can get the other gentleman over there, Mike, <laughs> to talk to us. Because uh, when people say JJM, it's not Jean-Jacques Machado, it's Jean, Jay, and Mike. We've been doing quite a few projects together looking for for many more and man i could not but well, thank you jay no thank, thank you, you for um, giving me that opportunity i appreciate it very and, much um, looking for for many more things and many more stories to share with everyone and um thank you thank, thank you, you.